0: I suspect we've all played with uh, Lego bricks at some time or other, or perhaps ones like these that are a little bit bigger and easier for young children to build with. But when my grandson Noah was younger, games together was for me to build towers using just single bricks like this. So Noah would say with a big cheeky grin on his face, Grandad, see if you can build a tower taller than me. Well, I'd start and it would get taller and taller. I'd go to be putting more bricks on the top. And then normally just before it was finished, Noah would run over and knock it all down. Again, Grandad, again. We heard in our reading today that there were obstacles to the Israelites getting on with their building project. They didn't have fun obstacles like Noah. Instead, they had three rather serious obstacles to their work. The Bible says that, firstly, they were ridiculed with scorn. Huh, really? You imagine you can rebuild the wall? What, you feeble lot? Why, even if a fox jumped up on it, it would fall down. Secondly, they were intimidated with physical threats. Before you know it, we'll be there among you to kill you and stop the work. And lastly, and much more demoralising, was the rubble that was still there from when the old walls had been knocked down and burnt over a hundred years earlier. The ridicule and physical threats didn't make them give up, but the rubble nearly... It was what the people truly despaired of. In verse 10 we heard this, the strength of the labourers is giving out, and there's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. See, stones that have been burnt like these had been, can't be reused to build a new wall, they just crumble. Unlike these Lego bricks that we can use again and again, the rubble from the old wall of Jerusalem had to be cleared away before a new wall could be built. So it wasn't just that the rubble couldn't be used in the new wall, it was that it had to be cleared away as well, it was getting in the way. And there was so much of it. The trouble with the rubble was that it got in the way. Well, last week, Tim told us about the list of those who were involved in the rebuilding. They became part of the new thing that God was doing because they were prepared to clear away the rubble. And it's true for us, too, If we want to be a part of the new thing that Jesus is doing here at All Souls, we must be prepared to clear away the rubble. Of course, we don't have physical rubble getting in the way, but we may have personal rubble that does the same thing. Personal rubble gets in the way and it comes in many forms. Things like prejudice can harden our hearts to those not yet amongst us. The feeling of guilt can cripple us from action. And the list goes on. So the idea of the message this morning is for us to examine ourselves, to see if we have any rubble within us. And if we do, to commit to getting rid of it. Because we all want to see this new thing that Jesus is going to do amongst us come about. And the trouble with rubble is that it gets in the way. Well, those tower games that I used to play with Noah were so much fun. And it's good to look back with fondness at those times. There's nothing wrong with happy memories and we can look back with gratitude to many things that have happened here. At are all souls, a church plant, an energetic vicar, dynamic curates. But when happy memories turn into nostalgia, they also turn into rubble. Nostalgia is when I want what happens now to be a repeat of what happened in the past. Imagine if I insisted that the only game I would play with Noah now was that tower building game. That would be nostalgia, that would be rubble getting in the way of him being able to grow and mature. I have to find new games that relate now to how old he is. And we might look back with fondness and gratitude to the years that Richard was here or appreciate the memories of Jez and Donna as curates but when our new vicar, Joe Sellers, starts, when he arrives, it's going to be no good if we expect him to be Richard II or Jez III or Donna Fourth, whatever we might say. As we examine ourselves, it's a question we have to ask. Is that what I'm hoping for? Why am I wishing that Joe will be another Richard? To do everything that Richard did in the same way? If that's what we want him to be, then that's nostalgia, that's rubble. And it will get in the way of the new thing that Jesus wants to do amongst us. Nostalgia means we're looking to the past and we may miss seeing the future. We may miss embracing the new thing that God wants to do amongst us. Nostalgia gets in the way and clouds our vision. I don't know if you remember Christmas, just over a month ago. And sadly, Sue and I couldn't meet up with everyone we traditionally do. Well, it was the same for all of us, wasn't it? So many traditions left undone. Some good news for me, though, was that there was one tradition that I've kept since I was a little boy, and I was able to celebrate that. To me, this seems so right but when I tell others about it, they look a little bit bemused. See how it sounds to you. For dessert, I'll have a big bowl uh, filled with Christmas pudding, mince pies, extra thick double cream and jelly. Mmm, jelly and Christmas pudding. Lovely. It's what I've had every year since I was a little boy. It seems so right to me, but weirdly, it seems so odd to other people. Traditions. We can't imagine living without them, and yet others cannot imagine living with them. Traditions, they make us feel so comfortable. They seem so right. And there's many great traditions we have here at all souls, Traditions make us feel comfortable and safe. They seem so right. But as we look to examine ourselves, we might encounter this challenge at any time in the future. And it relates to how we react when faced with something new, something different from our tradition. If we reply or think, well, that's not the way we do it here. That's tradition becoming rubble. That's tradition getting in the way. You see, traditions may be good, but if they... not if they close our minds. Nostalgia clouds our vision. Tradition can close our mind. And they both get in the way of the new thing that Jesus wants to do amongst us. Normally, If Sue wants to talk about something, I give her my full attention. Yes, babe, what do you want to talk about? But sometimes I'm engrossed in a TV program or a book or some DIY, and I suddenly realize that Sue's been talking to me for a while and I've not heard what she said, I haven't heard what she's been talking about. So on these incredibly rare occasions, uh, you would better fact, that, fact check that with Sue. I have to say, <laughs> well, I know you were talking to me, but I hadn't really got a clue what it was about. I'm so caught up in my own little world that it's like my ears get clogged up to what's going on outside. And that introduces us to our last type of rubble, which is consumerism. You see, consumerism entices us to get so wrapped up in living the ways of the world that our ears get clogged to hearing Jesus telling us about living in the ways of heaven. Consumerism invites me to spend all I have on myself, all my energy, and money, to pursue wealth, health, and happiness. It clogs my ears to God's creation, suffering from climate change. It clogs my ears to the cries of the poor and oppressed. It gets me concerned only for myself and my agenda. It's rubble that gets in the way of hearing may want for me and for me to do. So to check out how much we may be consumed by consumerism, we can ask ourselves this question. How was church today? How was church today? And if our answer is based on whether church made me happy or whether the service was entertaining, and it's an indication there's rubble getting in the way. We're a bit too much into this consumerism. Are we hoping for entertainment? Or are we seeking to be enlightened? Are we wanting to feel comfortable or to be challenged? See, the trouble with consumerism is that it clogs our ears. It's rubble that gets in the way of the new thing that Jesus wants to do amongst us. The Israelites found the work of clearing away the rubble rather daunting. There's so much rubble that we can't do this. There's so much we can't clear it all away. Yet later in the book of Nehemiah, we read this. It says this in Nehemiah chapter six, the war was completed on the 25th of Elul in, the 50, in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realised that this work had been done with the help of our God. This work had been done with the help of our God. Yes, clearing away the rubble was daunting, yet they did it because God helped them. And that will be true, Jesus doesn't enlighten us only to leave us floundering. We may now realise the trouble with rubble, that nostalgia clouds our vision, that tradition closes our mind, and that consumerism clogs our ears but with God's help, we can clear it away. So let's get shifting this rubble so we can get on with the new thing that Jesus wants to do amongst us. Here are all souls. Let's just be quiet for a few moments and then Carl is going to lead us again in worship. Father, thank you that you want to speak to us, that you want to reveal the things in us that can get in the way, the rubble that we might carry around. And we pray, Lord, that as we reflect on this, that you would help us, that we would know our God helping us to clear the rubble out of our lives so that whatever you want to do here at All Souls will be able to take place. Amen.